0: Welcome to my hearth. Now in the last few episodes I have been talking about my dad. And I did mention that he was on a motorcycle course in the Lake District when he met my mother at a dance. And I think it would be a very good introduction to my mum to explain the kind of things that happen at the local dances, or hoppins as they were called. It was a very good place for people who lived in rural communities to meet each other, and especially so for people during the time of the Second World War. Everybody went to the local dances, including all the local farmers and the young people of the town. Now, it's a very good example to explain. How quick witted and intelligent my mum was, and how she could think at speed. She was at one of these dances when one of the local farmers was outside the back door. Perhaps he'd gone out for a fag, I don't know, but my mum happened to go past him, and as she did so, he indicated what we could call, I suppose, his nether regions and said, Hello grab a hold of that, and she immediately came back with, hold it yourself, it's not heavy. Now not very many young ladies at the time would have thought so quickly and so appropriately, but it did explain exactly what she was like. She was extremely bright and very well read. Now how did she end up in Cumberland, or Cumbria as we now call it, because the rest of her family, well, the majority of her family, were in the northeast, uh, around, just outside Hexham, the town of Bickley. Her family were miners, and as I've said before, the mines were drift mines. That meant that they didn't have the cages, like we always think of when we consider mining, but they literally walked into the mine, and the mine went down at an angle, from the surface down to the coal front. And some of the seams went a very long way away, as far as under the sea. My grandma's family, this is my maternal grandma, and lots more of her later on, had actually originally come from Ireland. I was taken to see the house that they'd built on the beach when they'd rowed over from Ireland uh, at Allenby. It was still there, and I took my grandma to see it with my uncle. And then the family tramped over to the northeast to work in the pits. Because of that, my grandma always had a soft spot for people who were tramps, or as she called it, that were tramping. And she would always invite them in and give them a meal. She had an amazing gift of hospitality. So her family were based there from the late 19th century, and I've already talked about the Count in a previous podcast. They were all extremely talented and very good musically, and they were a band in themselves, and dragged the instruments out into the street, and played, and everybody came out into the street, and danced to them. They drank, as was often common at the time, neat gin, and I I have to say, not very many of them lived to be a grand old... Now my mother's father had himself tramped... Over from Cumberland, where his family were based, and again to work in the pits. And he was extremely talented as a miner, very tall, very strong, was supposedly, according to my grandmother, one of the best workers in the pit, and as such earned not a bad wage because they were paid by the weight of coal that they managed to take out of the pit the village they lived in was called Mickley, well in fact Mickley Square, and if you go there now it's very strange, it's a little bit like a ghost town, because all the miners' cottages have been pulled down, but they had no proper footings, so you can't even see where they were. But the families lived in quite small and frugal surroundings, rather meagre, uh, but they managed to survive and they did so with the help of each other's neighbours as far as they could. My grandma and granddad, the Davises, they had five children of their own and a child that they'd adopted, Uh, and I'll possibly talk about that in another podcast. Grandma Margie, Margaret, possibly because of her Irish connections, was very Catholic. And as a result, my family all went to Catholic school. And there was quite a few, obviously, people in the town that were Catholic. Grandma herself was one of 13 children. And unsurprisingly, especially with the difficulty of her father being an alcoholic, Her mother died quite young, and Grandma ended up looking after the younger children in the family, her own brothers and sisters. My Uncle Danny, who was the youngest, always said to me that I had to remember that, Big brought me up. Grandma herself had been sold as a bondager when she was a girl, uh, and I should explain that, in the Northeast, there was a kind of hiring fair where bondages went, and they literally were given money to go and work in the local farms and Grandma did this, but in fact had to leave when her own mother was taken ill and died. Now, as I have already said, my mum was extremely bright. And in fact, when she came to that decision, she had passed to go to the grammar school and should have done so. However, her father's mother was still in Cumberland. Her name was Martha, Grandma Martha, and she took in visitors. She lived in Braithet, which was just outside Keswick. And, as I say, it was very common in the 1930s to take in visitors. Now, unfortunately, she'd had a slight stroke and couldn't manage any longer to do that on her own. And there was a kind of family meeting where it was decided that my mum would go over from the northeast to live with her in Braithwaite and complete her schooling there. I have to say that that was one of the great disappointments of my mum's life because she would love to have continued her studies and was certainly intellectually capable of going quite a long way. But in the 30s, there weren't so many opportunities for young women. Anyway, so my mum ended up moving from the Northeast. To the northwest. Had she not done so, she would not have met my dad. She always said that one of the great things she learnt from Grandma Martha was the joy of reading, because Grandma Martha was, a, by all accounts, an extremely avid reader and really encouraged my mum to read all the time. And my mum did that, literally, until she died. There was nothing she loved more than spending time with a good book. And she liked all kinds of things. She encouraged me in my love of reading. And in fact, I had a little library from, I think I was about three. Grandma Martha was also an extremely good cook and baker, and she taught my mum her amazing skills of baking and cooking. They obviously had a range uh, in their kitchen, and in fact when my mum got married at home, we had a range. And I learnt to cook with what we called a hot oven, and a cool oven, a hot plate and a simmering plate. Living in the heart of the country, amongst all those amazing farmers with their produce, there were certain things that you could get access to which were more difficult, especially in the time of the war. But they also knew how to make the best of whatever they could get great-grandma Martha, being the head of the Davies clan, one of her other sons was the manager of the local quarry, and he was often given a Christmas gifts by the people that he worked with and for, and so, especially at Christmas time, they always had special things that were very difficult to get. He always put a hamper Onto the train across to the northeast for my grandma and granddad, my granddad being his brother, so that the family there always had a very good Christmas dinner. Now, my poor mum, as well as having to look after her grandma, also had to help look after the visitors that came that formed part of grandma's income. And that involved making beds and cooking meals and doing lots of cleaning and scrubbing. And my mum wasn't particularly physically strong, so it didn't do her much good. I think it's one of the reasons why, when she was wooed by my father when he met her at the dance, she was prepared to get married A little bit younger than she'd wanted to she was 21 i think she was also concerned that with my father being that little bit older than her 15 years older than her that if they did have children then he would be as it were an older father and she was aware of the implications of that Everyone goes on about how beautiful the lake district is, and that's mainly because they only visit it for a short time in the summer. But in the winter, it can be very harsh, and certainly in the 30s, the winters were quite bad. Mum recalled several times that they were nearly snowed in where they were living, and that the postman, one of the things that he did when he came round, was to open the letter boxes of all the houses and shout in, Are you all right? Again, they made the best of what they did in the winter to keep warm and survive. Mum also learnt how to knit from her grandma and was a fantastic knitter. Uh, she taught me uh, how to knit, and I'll, I'll tell you more about that in another episode so here we are with my mum in cumberland meeting my father and eventually marrying him this was after the war in 1947 and obviously uh, it was a catholic girl marrying a man who wasn't a catholic And he had to sign a paper to say that we would all be brought up Catholic as children. But for some reason, and I don't know why, uh, I understand that they had to get married several times on the day. And that was to do with a Catholic wedding not being completely legal. And they had to have a registrar wedding uh, where their marriage could be made legal. Rationing was still on, and obviously clothing was one of the ration things, so my mum got married in a very smart suit, looking, as always, like Maureen O'Hara. So let's see what happened to the young married couple in the next episode.